see it, friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Monday. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm great. I'm great. And uh, looking forward to a, a good positive week this week. Uh, we got a fun week form. coming up here. You know, times past, we would maybe take a whole week off or or just do a special show for Thanksgiving week. We are going to be here with three shows for the week of Thanksgiving. We're 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 bringing it up a notch. This is going to be our good news palooza all this week on the world transformed. We're going to have some fun and it, and I tell you what right now Stephen, it's a warning to everyone listening. This is going to be a complete no buzz kill zone for the next three shows, okay? <laughs> Well, you know, normally, uh, Phil, we do the 80-20 thing, right, where 80% positive news tempered with 20% uh, perhaps could be considered negative news. But you know what? If that, and, and we've used the analogy beer. You know, you have to have the sweet with the hops to, 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 uh, to, make it, to make a good brew, right? Well, exactly. you know what? It seems like our brew has been a little hoppy lately anyway, so it's, it's time to... Time to turn up the sweet a little bit. So That's right. We so we're, we're having a milkshake instead of a beer this week. That's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's all sweet. It's all good. Just We thought in the spirit of the holiday, because we've done Thanksgiving shows before, we're not going to do a retrospective and talk about good news that we're thankful for. We're just going to push on because we don't want to fall that far behind. There's too many good news stories to track. So we're just going to keep it fresh. We're going to keep it real, but we're not going to sit back and scratch our heads and say, well, hmm, maybe this is bad, uh, because there's just, there's just too much good. But we're going to talk seriously about these issues. We're not cheerleaders, right? We, we're right. realists. It's, and it's not Pollyanna. This is just, you know, this is good news because it's good news. We don't it's to... just that good. There you go. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no other way of putting it. So let's dig in. We've got three big ones tonight, and we'll start with just another one of those kind of earth-shaking stories that doesn't get nearly the attention that it would in would have been previous times, scientists invent oxygen particle that, if injected, allows you to live without breathing. I, you know, and, that, that's kind of headline when you read it and you go, okay, if this is real, this is so huge, and apparently it's real, right? Right. And, uh, and we're not talking about the people that are uh, over the troublesome aspect of inhaling and exhaling. <laughs> this is obviously, the applications for this would be primarily medical. You know, you right. find somebody that's uh, not breathing. Well, you could inject them with this and perhaps save their life while you're trying to reestablish breathing. They, their, their brain and other organs remain oxygenated, and so that's a good thing. But it's more than that, though, isn't it, Phil? I mean, there's well, there, there, are, there are a lot of implications. But let's let's talk about the medical one just for a minute because I think that's yeah. that, that, that's completely critical. That there there are times when, for example, a lung has collapsed. Right. When surgically you have to rebuild the lung or when breathing has shut down and you have to perform procedures on a person to get breathing going again. Well, a skilled surgeon can get in there and perform that procedure, but the entire time that's happening, that person is not getting any oxygen. The, the brain is being deprived of oxygen. The body is being deprived of oxygen and all, kind of, all kinds of damage is occurring and there's there's no workaround to that because even an artificial respirator 
is an artificial respirator. It is making the lungs work. And up to this point, there's no way to get oxygen into the bloodstream other than the lungs, which sounds like almost a tautology, right? Of course, there's no other way to get oxygen into the bloodstream. What else would you do? Well, here's what you would do. You would inject this particle, this microparticle composed of oxygen gas pocketed in a layer of lipids into somebody's bloodstream. You've got this natural molecule, it says, that can store energy and act as part of a cell membrane. And it's going to continue to oxygenate the body. What does they say here for like up to 30 minutes after breathing is stopped? So a person right. can stop breathing, you can give them a shot of this, and they're going to have oxygen as though they were breathing for half an hour. Now that's going to give a surgeon time to correct whatever's going on there and possibly get the person breathing again. And they don't say this, but I'm thinking if not, maybe you can give them another shot, right? I mean, perhaps you could just... yeah keep doing that until you until you can get the person breathing again well for one thing when you're doing emergency surgery can you imagine a more stressful thing uh than that i mean if you're able to take the pressure off we've got time we can get in here and do it right without we could even do this orthoscopically you know we don't have to right. um, uh, fillet the person to get to the problem now we, we've got time we can do a surgery that's less invasive perhaps and, and therefore, but yeah, because uh, you think about it, that has got to be one of the most under the gun of all kinds oh, yeah. of procedures. And you, you're not caring about things like recovery time and uh, cosmetics at that point. Let's slice this person over from hip to stern, right? I mean, it's just uh, in and get in there and, and solve this problem or they will die right now. Right. And I mean, because so, typically when a person's not breathing, but the assumption is that the capability to breathe is still present. It's just anything you can do as fast as you can to get them breathing again. Boom, right? That's obviously that's the that's the fast thing that's the fast thing to do. And you're and you're absolutely right. If if physiologically breathing won't work, then you're going to go in and you're going to do whatever meatball, cut corners, fast thing you can because the clock's ticking. How long can the brain survive without oxygen? What what damage has already been done if it takes five minutes? What damage is already right. done if it takes ten minutes? You know. And, of course, there's the very real possibility that you're going to kill the patient in the process of, of doing those heroics. So it's just it's a terrible situation for a, for a doctor to be in. Yeah. What if you could take the pressure off the doc because he knows he has time? Right. And she, uh, he, could, he or she could do, the, could do the procedure and do it safely and take their time to do it right. Big deal. Big, big deal medically. Now, we hinted there are other things, too. Imagine, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, Phil, earlier before the show, imagine Navy SEALs with, uh, uh, with this in their, in their packs, right? I mean, they could, under some circumstances, they could ditch the air tanks. Right. I want to say, you know, if, if you want to hit subjects we were talking about before the show, Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, anybody, anybody can be Aquaman with this technology. Now, that's not how it will be used. Probably, no, but no. that that kind of goes to the whole respiracite capability. But we'll come to that. We'll come to that in a minute. But 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 right. it's true. Even even this, which is which is not quite the nanotechnology dream of literally making us into into Aquaman. This it, itself could have potential for military applications and also just for people who are in dangerous aquatic situations. Right. This could be a quick. Right. You, you might. It, it it's possible that in the future, Navy people, SEALs are a good example, but others who are in high-risk aquatic fields of endeavor might just have stents. And in the same way, 
military medical crews carry morphine around to give themselves injections of that and other stuff, they might just be they, they might just have this stuff ready to go, right? And ready to just plug right, right in and keep yourself no. alive underwater for a while. Because you might you might be in a situation I mean, where you need and, to do and, that. And I'm talking about guys that are in deep in minds in situations where they might find themselves isolated with yep. limited breathing you know, limited oxygen. Thirty minutes it, it can mean the difference between life and death, right? And, Absolutely. And, and, and as you hinted before, if you've got more than one injector handy, you know, you might give yourself one and then uh, wait a few minutes and give yourself another one. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, there, there, there are an awful lot of situations where somebody would have drowned. But, and and it's, it's amazing how they can bring people back who've been underwater sometimes for 20, 30 minutes at a time. But you think about it, if suddenly the window is expanded to an hour, for how long somebody could be underwater and and they're not even necessarily injured right they're you have to worry more about the cold than anything else right because they're still getting oxygen right. yeah that can make that can make a huge difference absolutely and they talk about in in the story they t- they give that particular example they talk about other medical uses and then they talk about elsewhere in the private sector not just for the military but any place where there's the potential to drown so right. you know they talk about deep sea rescue crews and Underwater welders, and you mentioned, you mentioned miners. Uh, yeah. I guess there's lots of there's lots of ways in this world to run out of air. You, Astronauts. You I, if you want to talk out of the world, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, there there are situations. You know, the Apollo 13 guys could have used this when their CO2 was climbing, right? So that, that's right. Oh, that's yeah. that's that's really interesting. Yeah, they they had to go through that procedure to to get the life support system working correctly again which is one of the great hacks in all of history and a great sequence in that yeah. movie. And, the, and, the, and they were trying to do these huge mental things, trying to stay alert and sharp as their oxygen went level, levels went down in their blood, right? Yep. And uh, which was difficult for them. If they could stay sharp, a future Apollo 13 situation, I could just see something like this will be standard. This, this, if that. this becomes standard for Navy SEALs, it would definitely become standard for... Things like the space station and space yeah. missions. Yeah, you would just you would keep it just because you know you might run out of air, and yeah. <laughs> that's that's not a good thing to run out of. So yeah, we mentioned respirocytes. This is not them, but this is a no. big step in that direction. This gives you this gives you some of the well, we, functionality. We need to, we need to uh, define that for our uh, for our do audience. it. Uh, back in '97, I think. Um, smart guy by the name of Robert Friedis, I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly, uh, published a paper where he proposed a nanoparticle that basically called a respirocyte that would be a blood cell replacement. You basically could put this in your bloodstream instead of blood cells, right? And it would, it was something like 200 plus times the amount of oxygen it could deliver in, uh, to, to the organs of the body. And, and it would do other things, too, uh, as, as uh, red blood cells do. But its most critical thing would be to be able to pack a lot more oxygen into a small area than a standard red blood cell could do. People uh, like uh, Ray Kurzweil have stated that, yeah, you could, you could run 15 minutes without even breathing, right? You could run a sprint for 15 minutes without, without even respirating you know, with, with these in your body or, or sit at the bottom of a pool. 30 minutes or so without having to come up for air. You know, and, and so much of what of the promise of respirocytes is being offered by this particular injection. Of course, like you say, it's not a respirocyte. A respirocyte is a 
technology that's on down the road a little bit. But hey, this is a step in that direction and an important one, I think. So well, think how well very, the two would work cool. together. Think about that for a moment, because if <laughs> yeah. if the if the respirocyte is making this tremendously more efficient use of oxygen, you know, you take one breath and you get 30 minutes and then that runs out. Well, you give yourself a shot and maybe that shot that would give the, the normal functioning blood cells 30 minutes might give you a couple hours, right? So right, right. The, the combination of those two things, that, that really does push us in the Aquaman direction. So if, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> and by then you got nanotech, so it wouldn't be a stent. It wouldn't be all that clumsy injections and all that kind of stuff. You'd have some really cool way of just automatically oxygenating yourself, and people could people could be underwater for for hours at a time. We might we we might become the aquatic ape once again, right? <laughs> well, you know, I, try as I may, Phil, I cannot find anything not to be thankful for in that story. That's uh, that's one hundred percent positive, right there. That is just an exciting, <laughs> exciting, fun story, and yeah. I, that that's my signal that we got to move on because we got other ones, and we you might find an opportunity to challenge one of these, Stephen. Who knows? Wow, it's almost oh. like we talked about this ahead of time. Study finds <laughs> SpaceX investments saved NASA hundreds of millions. This is just awesome, and it's one of those, what do you call this, unintended consequences or just one of those benefits you're not even looking for, but there it is. Basically, a number cruncher has looked at what's been going on with, with, with SpaceX relative to NASA. We, we know that you know, we're big SpaceX fans, and we're, we're eager to see private development take a larger and larger role in in space, and one of the reasons for that potentially down the road, we think, is well, it it might involve significant cost savings as as you scale this thing. But it turns out already, already this can represent a huge financial savings for NASA, can't it? It can, and it's it's sort of one of those uh, bemusing stories to me, Phil. I, I look at this and go, uh, well, it turns out the private sector is more efficient than government. Who knew? You know. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I find this great news, and and it's an answer to the uh, to the critics uh, that you know I've been harping on SpaceX in particular and and Elon Musk in in general, and uh, you know these critics basically say you know his his whole modus operandi, whether it be SpaceX or Tesla or whatever, is to is to build his companies on the back of public dollars and. He's just a carpetbagger or whatever. But that's just silly when you when you see the savings that this this does. So I mean, I think it, it if, if anything, it reflects uh, positive. It reflects positively on the government more than it reflects negatively on on Musk. It just it's a it's a, it's good news and and I, I'm hopeful that what this means is it sets us up for a virtuous cycle. NASA sees that their money is being well uh, being better spent there. They yep. pour more into the private sector, not less, right? Which which returns more and more and better and better, and to the point that uh, you know we're we're out cruising the solar system. And, well, uh, I, the, the the thing is, even if Elon Musk's ambitions never go nearly as far as we think they probably will, and he's never anything but this boisterous spokesman for a lot of causes, who sold some rocket service to the government. If he's a contractor who saves the government money, if only they all would do that, right? What a, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's, it, that's, that's good right there, right? I mean, it's like they, they could have spent a lot more, and they didn't. 
we should multiply that by everybody that the government buys services from, right? I mean, it's a it's a fantastic yeah. model. It's a fantastic example. <laughs> yeah, be like Musk, guys. You know, <laughs> <laughs> try to be more like Elon Musk, please. <laughs> and I, of course, I I agree with you that I think the implications are much more far-reaching than that. And I believe that we are going to be pushing out into space. That private interests are going to be pushing out into space, especially when we get serious about mining the asteroids and some of these other seriously commercial developments that are going to be enabled over the next few years. And Elon Musk is, and Jeff Bezos and others are helping push us in, in that direction. They're helping to, to set up for that. But even well ahead of that, even when it's mostly government money involved, it's good news. It's good yeah. news because we're spending less of it. Anytime you spend government money more efficiently, does anyone not more, think that's good news? Right? I mean, yeah, it's it's more for whatever it is that you find, think is important, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah. It's really hard to turn that into anything other than, well, that's awesome. Thank you, Elon Musk, for making better use of of those resources. And I look forward to hearing more wonderful things about what SpaceX does in the near future. So that one is a good one too. Okay, let's move on. We got. I, I'm sorry, Stephen. Am I jumping too quickly? Did you have more? No, no, no. Let's go. Let's go to the next one. Uh, okay. In let's less go to the next than one. a day, Phil, LPP Fusion reached their fun uh, reached a fundraising goal of $147,000. So, and that was about a week about? ago or a few days ago that that story ran. They're now up to almost uh, more than a more than a quarter of a million. So they're right. they're moving along, moving moving along here. So L, LPP Fusion, what are they up to? What's going on? Well, they they are a, um, a fusion company. Now, fusion is let me let me just stop and back up. Uh, Thermonuclear fusion. You're going to explain fusion to us, Stephen. Go for it. Yeah, just real briefly. Uh, it's not not like fission that you would see in in our, our present nuclear power plants where atoms are broken apart for the energy. You're actually putting atoms together for the energy, and uh, what results is a whole lot less a whole lot less nuclear waste. You're using the same uh, process that's in the sun. That you know that shines down on us every day. That is the process that's being used to produce energy. This has been worked on, you know, my entire life, Phil. I mean, scientists have been working same here. on this. Yep. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one of those things that's perpetually twenty, thirty years away. And um, and so I, I remember hearing when I was a kid, right? It's like right yeah. now the Navy is running big aircraft carriers and submarines off nuclear fission. In just a few years, it's going to be nuclear fusion, and those ships will be able to go forever. It's going to be amazing, and it's going to, yes. and that'll be the first application, and then we'll have nuclear fusion power plants, and the whole, the whole world, it's going to be this abundance of energy, and they, clean energy, cleaner than, than fission because you don't have the radioactive waste, and it's going to be much cleaner than uh, car, you know, carbon-based. Obviously, yeah. Without all the, yeah. with, without all the pollutants, and it's, it, you know, it's going to usher in a golden era. But the golden era has yet to arrive, as you point out. And it's been years and years. It's been decades. We've been waiting. It's always been ten to thirty years away. And now you've got these folks, LPP Fusion. Well, they have done some pretty astounding things. They've been around for a while. They've already raised some money. They've already, they've already had some accomplishments. And they're showing, for example, that they have achieved the highest fusion energy output per unit input of any private fusion experiment in the world. And they have shown a model for how they can take their approach to nuclear fusion and make it into a viable working power plant, something that can actually start, you know, actually start producing energy for people. The, the, the first step well, in that 
in that golden age. And so they've set that up as a project, and they're getting funding for it. And I say, Godspeed, right? This is this is wonderful stuff. What do you think? Well, here's the one story, Phil, that I'm going to attempt to be just a, just a little bit negative, and, and let's see how you can. Respond. Did you hear what I said about no bus kill zone, Stephen? <laughs> here's your here's your opportunity to take uh, the lemons I'm about to give you. Make lemonade, okay? Okay, right. do it. Give me a lemon. <laughs> All right. So I re- I routinely participate in crowdfunding. Uh, is that something you do? Regularly, Phil. Uh, I have done it. I, I don't do it all that often, but I have done it. Sure. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I probably have fun, uh, helped fund, uh, you know, or, or participated probably by now in a couple of dozen projects. Uh, right. And so, um, anyway, uh, and so I believe in it. It's 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 our it's this idea that we can participate. You know, the things that I want to buy, I can't run down to Walmart. They're not there. Right. I mean, um, the things that really interest me are are not available for mass consumption. And so anyway, if I can. So you're ready to invest to make those things happen, right? Exactly. And so I stand ready. But the skeptic in me has to ask, how much good can a couple hundred thousand dollars do when we've invested billions? And I, I think that's I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say billions with a B. Absolutely. Billions in this country, billions in other countries, decades of work. And now these guys have raised a quarter of a million, and we're supposed to think that some progress has been made? Yeah. Is that your question, Stephen? How is that going to work? What what, what good are we going to get out of a quarter million dollars? Well, see, let me just turn that on its head, okay? Because if these folks are where they say they are, this is the world we live in now, Stephen. The world where billions have been pumped into fusion energy set the stage, and now a million dollars potentially can turn work that's been done for years into an actual business. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But if it is true, that is right in line with so many other kind of big quantum leaps that have been enabled by the interaction of information and increased capability, right? So to me... yeah, if, if we're that close, Phil, then that, this is cause for celebration. I mean, yeah, this you is, know, it, this is it's, it's the, I'm trying to think, it's the opposite of the straw that broke the camel's back, right? It's the tipping point, right? <laughs> we, this, we have, this is the, this is the straw, the straw that, uh, that uh, healed the camel and it's no longer a, a, you know, a quadriplegic or whatever, right? This camel is now a whole. <laughs> Let's just say, this is the straw that gave the camel unlimited power, right? So he could light his home and, you know, just clean <laughs> energy. Lit his home. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, to the point where we're not even sure why it's a camel involved any longer. But, but, but right. yeah, I, I think that what, what they are stating, pretty straightforward way, is that we're at a tipping point, and all it's going to take is a million dollars to get them across the finish line and turn this into a business. Now, anybody can put that up on – which one are they on? Not Indiegogo. They were on uh, – Kickstarter? Uh, yeah, were they on Kickstarter? Yeah, okay. So any, anybody can put that up on Kickstarter and say we're a million dollars away from changing the world. And you can you can take it or leave it. But they've done remarkable things with fusion up to this point. So right, we know they've right. done. This is, this is not you know a couple of uh, schmoes. Like it's not like if you and I did it, right? It, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, they've never had anything to do with fusion. These guys have been at it for years. So if they're saying it, they have a little bit of credibility that uh, that the average person would not have. So yeah, I, I, I find it exciting. Now you brought me back around. Because the point is, even if the million only pushes a little in that direction, and then it ends up taking a hundred million or a billion more to get us there, this could be the thing that closes the gap, right? This could be the thing that sets that ball in motion and gets right. us there. 
The point is we have been hearing increasingly positive things about how fusion might happen, and we've heard it from a lot of different angles, a lot of different perspectives and directions on that. So it's one of those we're slowly closing in on it. Yep, the hype cycle has definitely been a factor, and the disappointment cycle, and the whole, well, we've heard for decades we'd have this, and people get into this mindset that thus we will never have it. But I take you back to the show we did years ago about why, you know, that's proof that airplanes will never exist, right? If, if, some, right, if, right. if people have had an idea and they haven't been able to realize it, it doesn't mean that it's never going to happen. It means that we, haven't, we just haven't reached that point and we got overly excited at first. But being overly excited is really important. It's, it's part of it. If we think that something is very close then we start working on it in a very serious way. Okay, then you well, find out it, how complicated it's, it is, it's you sort go through of, the long, the long well, slog, yeah. and then eventually yeah. you're able to reach the point where you can, where you can cross the finish line. Are we well, going to cross that, this finish line? It, I feel like maybe we're a lot closer than we have been. Uh, perhaps so, perhaps so. And we've, we've seen this with so many things. I mean, uh, I, I recall when I, uh, when I was in college back in the uh, late 80s, AI was about to change the world like any minute, right? That's another great and, example, yeah. And 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 uh, and then it went through this period of time where it was almost like it was a discredited field, you know. Right. Uh, it was, um, you know, there's we're we're never going to see anything out of this. And uh, but in the background, there were still people working on it. And uh, and and the work that they did during those years, it, we're we're now seeing the benefit of. And uh, so I, there's so yeah, like you said, so many uh, so many different fields where we've seen the same cycle and. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully we are. We've we've invested the time and uh, and we've got and we have the uh, we're, we're right at the edge and so maybe this kind of puts us over. So, I think we might exciting. be closing in. Well, there you have it. We're we're out of time, but in 30 minutes we've given you a particle that, if injected, allows you to survive without breathing. We've given you a rocket man saving the government money on space, and we've given you perhaps the beginning of a future with unlimited energy. And you know what, Stephen, this week is only going to get more fun and more exciting. And we're going to be back on Thanksgiving Eve with three more exciting big stories. It's been great talking with you. It's been great having you all with us. We look forward to being with you again. And until next time, live to see it. 